Welcome to the Spiritual Outliers podcast, where we explore the uncharted territories of spirituality and self-discovery. In a world where conformity seems to be the norm, we aim to shine a light on the unique and diverse experiences of those who have found their own path to healing and self-awareness. Join me as we delve into the mysteries of the universe, share stories of personal growth, and interview spiritual outliers who have forged their own way to a deeper understanding of themselves and the world around them. Whether you're a seasoned spiritual seeker or just beginning your journey, this podcast is for earthbound misfits who are curious about the limitless possibilities of the human spirit. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Spiritual Outliers podcast. I'm your host, Heather. Today, let's discuss navigating spirituality while having OCD or extreme anxiety and repairing self-trust. I'll give you some things I've done in the past to help soothe and get to the root of my anxiety, as well as what I'm currently doing to continue the healing cycle as it relates to spirituality. I'll also get into what OCD actually is, and it isn't the trendy way of saying I have OCD because we're obsessively tidy or clean. And I know people will continue to haphazardly say that they have OCD, but OCD is way more insidious than being super particular about where things go. This episode is for you if you have extreme anxiety, have been diagnosed with OCD, and or enjoy learning about psychology and mental health, and especially for you if you enjoy new age spirituality, but your anxiety is interfering with your spiritual practices. Also, please note that I use OCD and ROCD interchangeably. I am not a mental health care professional. I am just giving my experience with OCD. So when I began this podcast, my primary aim was to bridge the gap between new age spirituality and mental health, taking a more grounded approach. This was especially inspired because last year I realized I have a form of OCD, specifically relationship OCD or ROCD. I've likely had OCD since I was a child, but it wasn't until after my mom passed away in 2021 that OCD seemed to consume me. And what was even more confusing is that I did not have a slight idea of what was happening within me until July of 2022. Just in case you're interested, in episode 11, I go into detail about my experience with an angel number that let me know that help was on the way that same day in July when I finally started to receive guidance and help regarding how to heal my severe anxiety. In segment one, I explain what OCD is and the subtypes. Segment two, I discuss why I stepped back from New Age spirituality while actively healing my OCD. In segment three, I'll explain how I'm navigating spirituality today, which is one year later. And in segment four, I'll recommend some gentle oracle decks that have more loving, supportive messages for those of us who are highly sensitive. So this is going to be a four-segment podcast episode, and this may be my longest one. Segment one, what is OCD and what are the subtypes of it? So I'm going to briefly explain what OCD is and explain some subtypes that I had absolutely no idea that they existed until I started researching OCD about a year ago. So OCD is a mental health condition characterized by the presence of distressing and intrusive thoughts 
also known as obsessions, and repetitive behaviors or mental acts, which are called compulsions, performed in response to these obsessions. These behaviors are intended to reduce anxiety, but often lead to significant impairment in daily life. Compulsions just further strengthen the cycle of OCD. So here's a summary of each type of OCD, and there are probably more than what I'm giving you here, but this is just a general overview. So contamination, OCD. Individuals with this subtype have obsessions about contamination, dirt, or germs, leading them to engage in excessive cleaning or washing rituals to feel safe. Checking obsessions. People in this category have persistent fears of harm or danger, such as leaving doors unlocked, and they repeatedly check things to alleviate their anxiety, such as flipping the light switch six times. Symmetry and ordering compulsions. This subtype involves obsessions related to the need for symmetry, order, or exactness. Individuals feel compelled to arrange items or perform actions in a specific way until they feel just right. Hoarding OCD. Hoarding disorder is sometimes considered a subtype of OCD characterized by difficulty discarding possessions leading to clutter and distress. Religious or moral OCD, also known as scrupulosity, I believe. People with a subtype experience obsessions related to religious or moral beliefs and may engage in rituals to seek assurance or forgiveness. SO, also known as sexual orientation OCD. It's a specific form of obsessive compulsive disorder where individuals experience distressing and intrusive thoughts related to their sexual orientation. These thoughts may involve doubts, fears, or questioning of one's sexual orientation, causing significant anxiety and distress, despite the individual's actual orientation being different from these intrusive thoughts. Health anxiety or somatic obsessions. This subtype involves obsessions about one's health or physical symptoms, leading to repeated checks and seeking medical reinsurance. Harm obsessions or harm OCD. Individuals in this category have obsessions related to causing harm to others, even though they have no intention of doing so. Relationship OCD. This is the OCD that I have contended with. It is a psychological condition characterized by an overwhelming need for certainty in intimate relationships, leading individuals to obsessively doubt the rightness of the relationship. Lastly, I want to mention pure obsessional OCD, often referred to as pure O OCD, is a subtype of obsessive compulsive disorder characterized by the present by the absence, I'm sorry, absence of outwardly visible compulsions. Instead, individuals with pure O experience intrusive and distressing thoughts, images or impulses, which can lead to significant distress and anxiety, even though they may not engage in observable rituals or behaviors. So each subtype of OCD reflects specific patterns of obsessions and compulsions, and they're like, more likely than I mentioned here, as I stated before. But it's essential to remember that individuals with OCD can have a mix of these themes, which I can attest to that, and the severity of symptoms can vary widely. Effective treatment often includes cognitive behavioral therapy, particularly 
exposure and response prevention, and in some cases, medication to manage the symptoms. Segment two, stepping back from new age spirituality, how I navigated my spiritual practices and began healing self-trust after I found out that I have OCD. Within OCD, I realized therein lies a gift of an opportunity to deeply heal and repair my relationship with the unknown. At its core, OCD, for me, I don't want to touch on what it is for everyone experiencing OCD. It's a coping mechanism meant to help alleviate the pangs of uncertainty and vulnerability that cannot be avoided within the human experience. The only guarantee is that everything is in flux. The remedy to uncertainty seems to be trust. So since 2012, my main spiritual awakening, which I say loosely because we are always having awakenings and epiphanies into deeper truths and self-awareness, I've been into New Age spirituality. I love it. It's given me sustenance, meaning. But I began questioning everything I've read or heard within the New Age community because in large, I was being triggered by so much of what I was seeing and hearing especially on social media from the new age communities. So as explained above, within OCD, there are compulsions, which are reassurance seeking behaviors or mental obsessions that alleviate the discomfort of uncertainty and vulnerability. I have gained tremendous awareness around what my compulsions are, essentially what I do to get rid of feeling uncomfortable, and I had to cut those things out or drastically reduce them. The key was to really expose myself to uncomfortable emotions and anchor into my body to realize that I was safe in the present. But here are seven things that I initially cut out of my life a year ago, and some of them have stayed cut out in order to heal my relationship with uncertainty in regard to my spiritual practices. Number one. I stopped reaching for my tarot and oracle decks when I was highly triggered and looking for reassurance that something was going to work out. Any type of divination or future prediction was out for me. It was more important for me to be present in this moment and work with the day that I'm presently in. In segment four, I will recommend six gentle oracle decks that I love working with that are sensitive and best for utilizing if you feel easily triggered by messages. Number two, I stopped listening to pick a card readings and random YouTube or TikTok readings that predict what was coming in for me. I genuinely feel that these sorts of readings, though seemingly innocent and helpful, begin to erode and destroy self-trust. I can really only speak for myself with these, but they were more damaging for me as I was trying to be more attuned to the guidance that I was being given from within versus listening to what other people have to say. Number three, I stopped doing yes and no coin tossing for predictive means. Number four, I stopped Googling for reassurance. When I found myself deep in anxiety and looking for answers, I no longer Google for urgently pressing questions that arise. I am learning to just be with the discomfort that the question holds. And number five, as signs are really huge in the new age community, like every angel number and animal messenger you see on any given day is the universe talking to you. 
I no longer obsess over external signs unless I'm being given three distinct signs within a short period of time that feel very synchronistic to me. I've asked my spirit team to mostly refrain from giving me signs in the external world. I cannot tell you how many times in the past, as a highly anxious person struggling with OCD, that I've misread songs being played, repeating number of synchronicities, animals, etc. And it highly triggered me into catastrophizing. I don't know why I can't say that word. It triggered me into thinking the worst, basically. I have an episode on my experience with angel number 999. I believe it's episode two, if you'd like to check that out. Number six, sadly, I backed away from predictive astrology, which is really hard for me because I absolutely love astrology. As I'll explain in segment three, I've kind of gotten back into astrology. I shouldn't say kind of. I'm back into astrology, but I just approach it differently now. And number seven, I took a very specific course on spirituality and ROCD by Kiyomi LaFleur, who runs Awaken Into Love. If you feel that you have relationship anxiety, do check out her work. I'll leave her info in the show notes. She approaches other topics besides spirituality and ROCD, but she's an angel. So closing out segment two, I would like to mention that new age spirituality doesn't really account for mental health in a balanced and appropriate way, in my opinion, at least from what I've seen and experienced. There's a lot of spiritual bypassing, toxic positivity, and avoidance of any emotions or thoughts that are not high vibrational or conducive to manifesting our deepest desires. My stance is that there are so many people struggling with real mental health issues, and to say that from a law of attraction standpoint, it's attracted or deserved, is insensitive at best. And I'm not saying all New Age spirituality is negative, so I'm not trying to condemn it. But I am saying that I did question everything that I heard, still do, using a high level of discernment while sifting and sorting through information, because... It could really be a quick spiral into shame and anxiety because my thoughts were not proper or in alignment with attracting a reality that I desired. It was very far from it. Like with the OCD, I probably should have created some worst case scenario situations since it plays on fear and constantly produces intrusive, disturbing thoughts. Yet I did not create a catastrophic negative event. So with law attraction in place, which states that we get what we think about, why? didn't I create some terrible scenarios? I think it's because at the core of what I think, my main belief is that this situation would always positively work itself out, even though I didn't know how. And I knew that I would overcome OCD and be stronger than ever. And I've already proven that to be true. And compared to where I was a year ago, my situation has vastly improved. My anxiety is almost non-existent. But I still have work to do, and it's okay to be where I am. I accept it, and I am so proud of myself. And this can easily be your situation. It can be healed. It can be managed. Also, this could have been the law of assumption more at play than the law of attraction. The law of assumption is a concept that is central to the teachings of Neville Goddard, a prominent spiritual teacher and author. According to this law, our assumptions Our beliefs about ourselves and the world around us shape our reality. In other words, what we believe to be true becomes our reality, regardless of whether or not it is objectively true. This means that any 
dominant thoughts and beliefs were overriding incessant fear-based thoughts. I knew that those fears were not who I am. I could also say, however, that perhaps I set this experience up for myself before incarnating into a physical vessel because OCD has been a spiritual awakening in itself for me. So let's not look at OCD as a mental disorder for just a second. What is at the core of OCD? It's a severe fear of uncertainty. So I think I can speak speak for a majority of humanity when I say that we all experience different levels of fear and anxiety throughout our lives. The experience of OCD does not make me special, but I think I've had this experience because It has helped me awaken more deeply to who I am and to embrace unacknowledged, unloved parts of myself that needed love and acceptance. It has also helped me come face to face with a culture that has truly unhealthy beliefs around love. I have had to unlearn everything that I thought was true about love. This onion of an experience has unraveled a host of emotional and behavioral patterns that no longer align with who I am becoming all seeming to be a chain reaction due to all-encompassing grief after my mom's passing in 2021. In other words, I had a lot of shit that I needed to heal, and OCD is like the golden corral of healing. If you don't know what golden corral is, it's an all-you-can-eat buffet here in the States. And yeah, weirdly, I'm comparing my OCD to a buffet of endless delicious food. Although after COVID happened, sadly, I have steered clear of all buffet-oriented restaurants. ROCD has made me realize that so much of what I experience within my mind is because I haven't properly processed old pain that has been stored within my body from abandonments, betrayals, and other trauma, which at the end of the day, regardless of who did it, it's my sole responsibility to take ownership of and heal my stuff. As Cheryl Paul says, renowned author and therapist known for her work in the field of relationships and personal growth. And I'd like to mention, she is also the first person that I found that actually spoke about relationship anxiety. But she says that anxiety is a placeholder for feelings. And I think that that really says so much. So to sum up segment two, in order to repair my self-trust and OCD, I started looking for answers within and started reducing the times I sought external validation and reassurance. Segment three, still taking my power back. How I presently navigate spirituality with OCD. As I present this episode to you, it's one year after I discovered I have OCD and almost two years since the actual onset of OCD. I have tried so many things to heal. At first, I was just trying to get rid of my anxiety because it was uncomfortable. I tried Reiki, acupuncture, and hypnotherapy. I did cognitive behavioral therapy and exposure and response prevention. And these were all valid ways to heal. And I believe that every single thing I've tried has helped me in some way. Eventually, though, I learned that the simplest thing to do to heal anxiety was almost the most difficult. I needed to sit with the discomfort and process my feelings. The two tools that I have utilized the most for just being with the energy is Tonglen as well as EFT. EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. 
and I'm going to teach you how to do both exercises as best as I can. So let's do EFT first, and EFT is also known as tapping, by the way. So EFT works by releasing blockages in your body's energy system, which can lead to physical and emotional healing. By tapping on specific meridian points on the body while focusing on the issue, you can help to balance the body's energy and remove blockages that are causing emotional or physical distress. To practice EFT, you begin by identifying the problem that you want to address. This can be anything from a physical ailment to an emotional issue such as anxiety or depression. Once you have identified the problem, you rate the intensity of the issue on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the most intense, which is almost unbearable to be in your body, like you're coming out of your skin intense. And next, you create a setup statement that acknowledges the issue and affirms self-acceptance and unconditional love. For example, even though I feel anxious and fearful in this moment, I deeply and completely accept myself. Or you can simply state and repeat the emotions you're feeling, which is what I was taught to do by my hypnotherapist. But you can just say fear and anxiety or guilt and shame. You can make it very brief and short. So formulate the wording that feels congruent with what you're experiencing. Also, it isn't necessary to know exactly why you feel the way that you do. It is only important that you acknowledge the discomfort without pushing it away. The goal of EFT is to allow it to move through you. I believe there's a phrase that says sensation without explanation. It's not my coin phrase, but I'm, I really can't remember who says this at the moment. If I figure it out, I'll leave it in the show notes because I don't want to take it as my own. But as you repeat the setup statement, you tap on a specific sequence of acupressure points on your body. These points include the top of your head, your temples, under your eye, on the cheek, under your nose, on your chin, on your collarbone, under your arm, and your hands. You repeat the setup statement and the tapping sequence several times while focusing on the issue and how it makes you feel. And side note, there are many, many different ways to utilize EFT. Find the sequence that feels good for you. There are various different videos on YouTube that address how to tap. After a few rounds of tapping, you reassess the intensity of the issue on this 1 to 10 scale. Ideally, the intensity of the issue will have decreased, and you can continue tapping until the intensity has reduced to zero. How to do Tonglen. Tonglen is Tibetan for giving and taking, or sending and receiving, and refers to a meditation practice found in Tibetan Buddhism. It is a meditation and compassion practice. In Tonglen, we visualize taking in the suffering or pain of others on each inhale and sending out feelings of relief, healing, happiness, or peace on each exhale. This practice aims to cultivate empathy, compassion, and a sense of interconnectedness with all beings, helping individuals to develop a deeper understanding of suffering and a genuine desire to alleviate in themselves and others. The beauty of Tonglen is that the emotion is acknowledged and processed and then it quickly leaves the system so it doesn't get stored in the body or reemerge at a later time. As they say, your issues can get stored in your tissues. So I'm going to teach Tonglin how I personally utilize it while explaining this in the most simple and effective way. 
So here we are in a hypothetical situation in which an uncomfortable emotion or string of emotions have arisen. So number one, put your hand over your heart. Number two, breathe in what you are feeling. Acknowledge your suffering. Close your eyes if it helps, as it is important to bring your attention and presence to your breath at this point. Take in a deep breath and name the emotion, such as, I'm feeling fear. And then breathe out. And again, bring awareness to your breath. And then state what you now wish to experience in place of the difficult feeling. I breathe out understanding and compassion. I know that I am safe in this moment. And you can repeat the above steps if you feel that you need to, as many times as you need to, and with the varying emotions that may arise. I have found that almost immediately, the charge of the emotion dissipates and calm is quickly restored. The most important piece in all of this is to bring compassion to yourself. I think the quote goes, if your compassion does not include yourself, then it is incomplete. So that wraps up Tonglen. I want to share that I have not healed my OCD 100%, but with the tools that I've utilized and shared here, and as much as I've educated myself about OCD in the past, as well as continuing my education on our OCD, my anxiety is very low, if non-existent most days. I say this because I want to emphasize that it is possible for anyone to heal with or without a therapist, which is a very personal decision. I chose not to work with a therapist or take medication, but that does not make it a valid decision for everyone. Definitely do what feels best for you. Currently, I still very rarely pull cards from tarot or oracle card decks. To me, these are kind of synonymous with looking for relief, and especially if I feel triggered, I completely stay away from pulling cards. I also still do not look at pick a card readings on YouTube or TikTok, and I most certainly do not visit psychics at this moment. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I am saying if you struggle with OCD and you're still looking for certainty, then this may not be the healthiest approach. So now I do listen to astrology predictions, but with utmost discernment and care. I ask myself the following. Is this helpful or is this going to spiral me into negativity given my internal state? If the answer is yes, it's helpful. I will watch. If the answer is no, then I move on. I also meditate daily. Anxiety can be like a constant swirl of intrusive thoughts. And meditation gives me a little bit of space between the thoughts and allows me to detach from my thoughts. I try to be present with what's happening in the moment instead of projecting into the future to forecast what might occur. I know we are all probably so freaking tired of hearing the phrase, be here now or stay present, but it is where I have genuinely found peace and contentment in the small moments. I read books, enjoy walks in nature, spending time with my pets, eating a meal with my partner. Like these are the small things, but they're really important. Also, I stay off of social media, and I know that's not a viable option for everybody. And even for me lately, I've been debating whether to join Instagram again, which may happen. But for over a year, I haven't really been active on 
any social media except for Pinterest and YouTube. And I find a lot of peace in not constantly absorbing other people's content or being stressed about constantly pumping out my own content. Segment four, six Oracle decks I recommend for highly sensitive people. Number one is Therapets by Kate Allen. This was by far my most reached for deck in 2022. And it also, it could potentially be really wonderful for kids because I found that it's gentle messages always find a way to give me motivation to keep going and to not trust my anxious thoughts. Deck number two is Guardian Angel Cards by Tony Carmine Salerno. And this one is very, very loving. This is my most reach for deck second to Therapets. Also, I have almost every deck that Tony Carmine Salerno has made, and I have loved each and every one of them. Also, I didn't mention this before, but I will leave these decks in the, the show notes for you so you can find them. I'll leave links. Number three is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And I love, I love this one. I know that not everybody likes Eckhart, but I really love this deck. I feel that he is one of the most grounded, practical, spiritual teachers of our time. As the years come and go, I still find myself making my way back to his teachings. His cards are extremely grounding and effective. Number four, it's called Affirmators. And I'm not really sure the author of this one. But it kind of feels like a bowl of oatmeal or a warm hug disguised as an oracle deck. Number five is Whispers of Love by Angela Hartfield with art by Josephine Wall. And regardless of your relationship status, single or in a partnership, this deck gives really solid advice on how to add more love in your life. And let's be honest, don't we all need an extra dose of love? I know that's cheesy, but we do. And last but not least, my most recent addition is a deck called Cats Against Anxiety. And it has super cute messages with cats as a visual. And the really cool thing is it has nice messages on the front with the cats, but it has a mindfulness practice on the backs of the cards. I really highly recommend this one. I picked this one up quite a bit. So like I said, if any of these have spoken to you, I'll leave links in the show notes to purchase. I do not receive any money for recommending these, by the way. I just genuinely love, genuinely love working with these decks. So I hope that this has given some helpful advice on how to manage and heal extreme anxiety and OCD as it relates to spirituality. In the future, I will likely do more episodes on OCD. Now please like, subscribe, and review this podcast. Also, share it with your loved ones. It helps me out so much. Thank you for being here with me. I really appreciate your presence here. I'll see you next Friday, Outliers.